Welcome to Black Man in a White World, where we talk about me, a black man. In this crazy white world. Oh, we're going to get to that. See, I'm going to talk about arts and entertainment, but oh, we're going to touch on that too. Okay, go off. All right. Hey everybody, this is Mike. And his white roommate Grant. And today we're talking about men and emotions. The four basic emotions, why we need to talk about it, and how we deal with them. We're also going to talk about a reality show and a movie. That shows us the problems that stem from our lack of emotional awareness in our personal relationships. You've got me feeling emotions. Deeper hey, than wait a minute, I ever... that's my part. I'll pull up with Sing it then. Deeper than you ever dreamed of. Let's get drunk and talk about aliens. Let's make love, wake up and do the same shit. Talk about aliens just for something to do. Oh my, let's get drunk and talk about aliens. Let's write something dumb and then a Hey, shout out, it's like Dronsky. Yeah, it's such a good song. Yeah, that's on the Ninth Floor Media playlist, isn't it? Yes, yeah, the Ninth Floor Media playlist because. Fun fact, I'm also an artist manager for a company I started with a good friend of mine um, called Ninth Floor Media. If you want to check out the website, it is ninefloor.media. So it's pretty easy to find. But we have a playlist that came out, I don't know, like a couple days ago. And it has Slake Dronsky, who is one of our artists on there. And then it has a bunch of other people like Billie Eilish and... Maluma, Black Eyed Peas, and all kinds of great music that's good for the summer. Megan Thee Stallion, whoever you can think of, you know, Saweetie. But yeah, so Slake Dronsky is one of our artists, and he's actually the person that sings the opening and closing song that is on the podcast. That's like right. Last... That's not the first uh, Slake song we played on. Yeah, you actually already heard him. If you have, if you're like, I never heard of him before. That's a lie. If you heard the podcast, you, you have hear heard him, him every time you listen to us. Every time. Um. Yeah, so that's awesome. Definitely check that out. Yeah, it's really good. I was just scanning through it today and uh, it's a good it's a good curated mix, especially. Is it a you're... good curated mix? Like, who the fuck curates magic like that? Oh, wait. Ninth Florida, me and Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all do good. Y'all do good. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also fun. Like, I mean, this is summer. Like, we forget we're in a global pandemic. It's summer right now. It's summer's almost over. Let's, yeah. be, let's be honest. L beyond. Summer's <laughs> like two days away from being over. But this playlist is great for turning up in your house or your backyard or, you know, socially distancing at a beach if that's what you're into. Yeah. Hopefully with a mask on. <laughs> and, I did that. I went to a beach. I haven't been to a beach, but I've been. I social, I, I social distance though. You know me. I was, I social dis, I was social distancing like three years ago, so <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing new. But yeah, yeah we, I Fair. went and I went with two other people, and we had to like, we were secluded as fuck. But yeah, but this is a great playlist for that. Yeah, it's a great playlist for the summer and for uh, pretending like it's still summer in the fall because yep. let's be honest, we're going to be turning up like it's summer in October because we went through some bullshit for the last like five months. You think we're going to be done by October? <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. If not, we're going to have some sick ass Halloween masks and shit. Oh. Yeah, everyone's going to dress up like Mortal Kombat characters and like. Yeah, can you have Halloween parties then? Right? Because like, everyone just wear a mask. We're going to do that anyway. Mm, interesting. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. What else is new with us, huh? I also saw Black is King oh, that's like right. five times already. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I did, did you know that was coming out? Psh, 
Yes, I knew that was coming out. Okay, because I remember when the album came out, and that was such a surprise, and that was cool. But I did not know that she was doing this. Oh, the is... beehive scene. The little bees that landed on my windowsill and was like, bzz, bzz, bzz. She got <laughs> some new shit coming out, and that's how I knew. That's awesome. But yeah, I knew about Blackest King coming out, which is amazing because it's like it definitely is like a huge focal point on like the black men and black masculinity and whatever that may be like and so that's just awesome because i feel like lemonade was like very telling of like the the plight of the black woman and the experience of the black woman from different eras and periods of time and stuff like that and this one's like africa and black men so and it was kind of like a retelling of the lion king too I yeah, mean, obviously, because it's associated is, I mean, with it, The but. Lion King is a story of the black man's struggle, and everybody just doesn't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess everyone thinks like, oh, it's Hamlet. No one really mm, thought. Yeah. Except Hamlet, Hamlet might have been black. Shit, we don't know. Shakespeare was black, right? It, was he? <laughs> this is news to me. I heard that. It's one of them, one of them tabloids or somewhere. I heard a rumor. I mean... Isn't that the... Like, wouldn't it make sense if Shakespeare and, like... Alexander Dumas and all these guys were black because it's just the the Tupacs and the Kendrick Lamars at that time. Yeah, that does make sense. Well, Alexander Dumas is black, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. If he is, then so is Shakespeare. Oh. I'm gonna let this be my conspiracy theory. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm this is a fun on one. Unlike you know ones that are just so out there and wild. This is actually fun. That's interesting though. I didn't I didn't think of it as like a parallel to Lemonade. And how that it's kind of like more because you know Beyonce's in it, so Beyonce's always a focus. Yes, but 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 she's in it more like as like a as a matriarch and a, and a motherly figure. That's true. She's kind of like the uh, the the narrator of the yeah. story. I like to think of her as a mitochondrial Eve. If people don't know who that is, look it up. Uh, I don't know what that is. Like the they discovered like the oldest like remains of of a human being it was like a woman in like Africa. Oh, right on. Yeah, so everybody's mama is black. You got a black mama, everybody. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Lady. Yeah, so that makes I, sense. That's what I took it as. Mm, so, what are we awesome. gonna talk about? Well, speaking with like masculinity, and uh, I mean, just in general, I mean, that's something that we've kind of been thinking about a lot this week. I think. Yes, just what is it like? What does it mean mean to be a man? But I guess that's the nice way of saying it. I just kind of my takeaway is just men are shit. <laughs> like we are trash and I'm like gosh I didn't realize we were like I didn't realize how much of trash we were and then I'm like oh wow we need to recycle this shit like well, <laughs> we, had problem. This, we had this discussion like earlier this week or yesterday this morning I don't even remember time is you know an illusion time and, doesn't exist yeah yeah these days anyway and uh, we were talking about why is it that men grow up to be so bad and I know there's the patriarchy, and I know that it's the way it's been, and we've had to unlearn a lot of shit, even just as a human civilization for so long. But why is it that we're still struggling so badly? And I, I, I don't know. I just feel like, because as time changes and as things progress, like how we receive information and how we communicate physically with each other, all like those things are progressing and changing, but how we communicate with ourselves and how we treat ourselves and people who look like us and people and, and human beings in general is not changing. So like it's it 
we're like advancing faster than we are advancing as human beings. I, yeah. That's, that's what I personally feel like. Yeah, like as a society, we're advancing faster than we are as people. Yeah, we're, like, yeah. That somehow it like surpassed us. But then why is it that it seems like... And men are like not ready. Yeah, we, but we like why is it We were not ready for social men? media. We were not ready for like text messaging. That's so true. But like why is it that men specifically? Like is it just because we don't want to admit that we're wrong? Well, just toxic masculinity and society just fucked us up. Like, the idea of what it means to be a man in whatever country or part of the world you may be, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Like, I feel like when I look at the idea of what it means to be a man from North America versus a man from Asia, Asian countries, or a man from African countries, or, you know, like, or European countries, like, it's all, there's so many different versions, but all of them, like, are rooted in, like, power and... Uh, dominance and control control and it's strength yeah and you and like with our advancement of our technology and communication and a whole society as a whole like we have we've gotten less and less control so men are just scrambling around like like freaking chickens (laughs) the head cut off because like (laughs) they're losing whatever little control they thought they had yeah well i mean we're still in power we're still like most oh absolutely most world leaders are men but it's threatened governments that's true. Think of like, you know, with the people say the Me Too movement and all that. And I'm like, a Me Too movement? Like, men have always been trash or people have always been trash in general. Uh, and a lot of these situations have always been happening. But now they're coming to light because uh, more people that are not problematic, you know, men or problematic white men are not in charge all the time. Now, you know, you have women in positions of power and stuff like that. And slowly as that begins to happen, then some of these cases and then some of these situations start to change and how they're responded to. Like when I yeah. see like... They're taken whole, more seriously. Yeah, like when I see more and more like uh, female judges or something, or, you know, female CEOs and female... Like now there's new perspectives and stuff coming into the boardroom and they're not used to that because it used to be like, oh, it's just me and my golf buddies and we do some nasty shit. Nobody ever knows about it because we all got each other's back. But now it's like now you can't now you can't get away with that, which is good. It should be changing that way. So. Yeah. But why did we think we could ever get away with it in the first place? Or, or why are we so corrupt and, and messed up in the first place? Who? Men. Us. I mean, I think that humans, human beings are corrupt, but since men are in power, yeah, they're going to be the most corrupt. Yeah. Um, and if it comes from, I don't know. It just comes from having too much control and too much power. We talked about that. Like we said that, like, I know as a black man, how I feel sometimes is like, it sucks because I have this natural physical presence that is supposed to be in power and do- dominance because I'm a man, but then like s- socially, I am not at all because I'm a black man, and so like I'm the worst enemy of the of the white man in power, but then I'm also the natural enemy of the female. So I'm mm. like, because of because like, of what you look like versus your social status is that because saying? of what i look like what what it means like what society like toxic masculinity and stuff like that misogyny what it puts on you yeah yeah so it sucks it's like how how the hell is simultaneously am i gonna have to battle misogyny and sexism while also trying to battle racism because it's like i have to destroy myself while also destroying the the things that are seek to seek to destroy me yeah 
<laughs> that's a lot to unpack. It's like, yeah, that's fucking intense. Yeah. But it's just like, so I think for me personally, I think the best, I, the best way I can go about it is just like, how do I dismantle uh, black sexism and black misogyny? So how I treat a black, how I treat black women or women of color is very important and how and then trying to trying to fix that and check myself and and be cognizant of what I'm doing wrong is the best is the best method for me because if I do that then I'm also battling racism at the same time. So would you say that like for someone like me, would it make sense for me to dismantle and unpack white sexism and white racism? What's right racism? <laughs> racism. <laughs> Period. Yeah, I was like, no, just still racism. Well, uh, sorry. Oh, the other word you said was misogyny. So white yeah. sexism and white misogyny. Uh, because I've always thought of it as unpacking my own sexism and misogyny, whether I do well or not. But extending that to other white men, too. But you're a white man, so you're exactly. you're, you're in power. At the end of the day, you guys kind of like I'm are in power of, of all those both of those things. Right. So you got to unpack all of it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, you got more work to do. I'm just kidding, but I'm no, not but at all. also true. I'm serious. Yeah, I'm fully serious. Well, like, what is what is being a man mean to you? Like, like, or or I guess like you know, because we were talking about earlier today, and kind of the theme of this episode is just like unpacking male emotions, right? And how that relates to, um, you know, how masculinity both. Um, is, is woven throughout how we deal with our emotions and also how it like contr- contains the way that we deal with our emotions and, and controls the way that we deal with our emotions. Well, so, I, well, for, for one, I hate that there's this idea that like is put out there that men are not in tune with their emotions or like we are even taught that we're kind of taught to be strong and, and you are the man of the house. You are the breadwinner. You are, you are a soldier. Like, and you know whatever that may be, however that is developed or presented to children, it ends up creating these crazy ass dudes that go out here and don't express themselves and bottle all this shit up, and then they snap. They're aggressive. They're violent. They're confused. They're repressed, and all this shit. Cause just because uh, they dad caught them playing with Barbie dolls one day and just knocked the shit out of him, and now he just like from that point forward became like a complete ice like standoffish asshole and I'm just like we gotta teach men and boys at a very young age how to deal with their emotions properly and cause we're taught to suppress them right aren't we I feel like it it's, don't it's, cry it comes in, yeah don't cry stuff. and it kinda comes in the whole thing where it's like where I remember being younger in school I was so confused because the dress codes would always like tell girls you can't wear spaghetti straps you can't wear thongs you can't wear short skirts you can't, uh, you know, you don't do all these things because, like, boys are unstable and boys are horny. So, like, you don't want to make boys more horny or unstable. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why is that their maybe, problem? Maybe it wasn't used in that word. It's like, did they say, like, don't make boys horny? No, I didn't say don't make boys horny. But basically, if you're telling a That's bunch of the girls they can't though. wear certain shit, yeah, you're yeah. saying that they're only oh, teenage boys. And yeah, it's always put on, the onus of that is always put on the women. Yeah, it and should literally be like, girls, whatever you want, wear girls, what you need say. to wear. But... And then boys, put your fucking tongue back in your mouth, you nasty freak. Like, <laughs> <laughs> stop fucking heaving and panting and shit like a dog in heat. 
you nasty ass. Yeah. Like it's no. uh, it's so weird that it's put on put on women. Like we need to be taught just as much as uh, women, young women have to go and take you know their their like secret assembly where they all went to go talk about you know administration and shit. Mm-hmm. We should have had also a, one for the boys. It's like you're about to go through puberty. And these are the things you need to be cognizant of in your in the changes in your body, and be, you need to be respectable. And these things are not okay. Yeah, like in the like in a social context, because I think I, if I remember correctly, that like growing up it was taught to to me in, in the class that I was in, like, oh, this is just changes that are going on with you, and you're gonna feel weird. It's never like how those feelings might manifest in the way that you behave or uh, interact with other people. Like, I don't think we had a class or no conversation at all in Bakersfield. Really? Not they even just, like I don't gonna get hair on, on I mean, in we places. Had, we we had like health class. Yeah. I but mean, like that we never really talked about like changes that were gonna happen. You don't really you don't really discuss wow. that. And sometimes it's not even like I was like, what do you mean changes? I thought girls were attractive when I was six years old. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was, I was like, shit. This shit is happening too early. I don't know what happened. I must have. <laughs> I got some of that early onset puberty. I don't know what happened, but I was, I was like, oh, I'm not grossed out at all. So it was. It doesn't. You need. We need to be taught pretty, yeah. pretty early. You can't wait until like. Oh, let's just wait until kids are like 18, and then we'll talk to them about sex. I, it might be too late. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no, like, classes, I mean, unless you grow up in, like, a specific, like, community, like, let's say, like, uh, church community where, like, they teach abstinence and stuff like that, like, outside of the school, like, which is part of, like, your religion, there's no, like, really discussion about that, you know, I think most people have that discussion either, like, maybe once with their parents or, you know, um, in, through popular media. Yeah. I don't know if I... I guess I had that conversation with my parents. I just don't remember it. Oh, yeah, probably not. No my, idea. My dad is kind of... My dad is old school, so he's pretty much... He's in, like, man-man. Do you feel like, like... Getting back to emotions, though, specifically. Do you feel like we ever had any, like, discussion of, like, how to control emotions or, like, how to feel or things like that? Like, do you remember anything specific... Um, I'll tell you something that I remember. But, uh, okay, go ahead. I'll give you a second to think about that. I remember something, and this is this like on TV. But I remember, I remember this the other day. There used to be commercials that would like kind of like PSAs for kids that would tell you like count to ten before you lose your head. Do you remember these? There no. was like there was like yeah there was like these like PSAs. I think it was on Disney Channel or like PBS or something. Where it was just like, it would talk about like how to control yourself before you have like an angry outburst. And it's like, make sure you like, like count to 10 before you lose your head. And it's like this little graphic of a kid's head, like getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I think maybe I do remember this. Yeah. I don't know. And I, and it's something specific that's like, I think as kids were taught, like not to like blow up and yell at our parents, parents and have meltdowns, but like through the TV. And maybe that was just like an ad campaign at the time or something. But wow, but but that's it. Just anger. Anger is the only thing that we were taught to control. Yeah, but I think that's part of the problem is that men are taught to suppress those uh, those particular emotions. Actually, to to help to guide us in this conversation, I found this pretty cool like uh, breakdown from Men's Line Australia, and it basically says it's just helpful to think of the terms in four basic human emotions which are sadness, anger, 
happiness, and fear. And then, like, of those four emotions, like, the most acceptable is obviously going to be happiness. Um, And then anger, fear, and sadness are kind of, like, universally felt by everyone, but are taught to men and specifically and to people in general that they are bad and not accepted. So, like, those are the ones we actually try to suppress. Really? I mean, that makes sense. I'm not shocked by that. Yeah, like, dude, like, so many times we're told, like, uh, not to get mad or not, you know, like getting mad is bad and, and being afraid of anything, being a scaredy cat, being a pussy, being a wimp, mm, you know, yeah. like all that stuff is like, is bad. And then sad is crybaby. That's also, you know, thrown back in their sissy, uh, mama's boy, like. Yeah. there. I feel like there wasn't there also something when we were growing up that was like talking about like. Well, man, I'm just thinking of the Bob Marley song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. But I feel like there was a lot of messaging that was like... like that's, all not it... Bob, that's not Bob Marley. That's Who? Bobby McFerrin. My bad. Yeah. I always thought it was Bob that's, Marley growing uh, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's some fine. internalized kid racist shit that yeah. I had to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> we can unpack it and we can fix it. <laughs> okay. I got all right. you. I got Bobby you. McFerrin. Yeah. I, that's, that makes sense because I always wondered what Bobby McFerrin, like what his most famous song was. Yes. That's okay. it. Okay. So. Don't worry. Yeah. Be happy. So that, I feel like that was maybe something that was taught a lot when we were growing up was like, all it takes is a smile. Like, and like, you know, just, you know. Pretend to be happy and then you'll be happy. Kind of yes. Thing. Not good. Not healthy for fucking young men. Not healthy for adult men. Not healthy for old ass men. Like, yeah. <laughs> like process and learn how to deal with your emotions. The thing is, men, it's not that men don't have emotions. Most men are just taught not how to deal with them properly. Yeah. And then because of that, women interact with men. And so women are not able to, I feel like, are to fully develop or deal with their emotions because they have to, because when they're interacting with a man who doesn't have any, they have to also repress theirs and suppress theirs. So Hmm. now you got a bunch of people suppressing fucking emotions. Because you can't be like, oh, I can't cry, I get mad, because like, he doesn't like when I get mad. Yeah. And I'm like, now you see, now you're causing more problems. It it, it goes back to that school analogy where like girls are taught what not to wear so that, so that boys don't act a fool. Yeah. So now when, when women become older, it's like, Hey, women, we're going to teach you how not to be emotional so that men don't have to deal with any emotions at all because they don't want to deal with their own. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's I, it some seems, bullshit. It seems like that's what, what is messaged, you know, and I, I don't know 100%, but that's the messaging that I heard growing up, I think, was like, like whether it's comedians, whether it's popular media, whether it's in school, it's like, you know, always talking about women with their crazy emotions and all this stuff and, and guys like talking shit about that. And but, like you got so much, you got made fun of if you were like somewhat emotional. Oh, I cried a lot as a kid. Like I was, I was a crier for sure. I I was with my family and my, my family, like, I'm sorry, like I don't mean to call you out, but they definitely made me feel like shit when I cried, even as an adult. There have been times I've gotten emotional. They'd be like, why are you crying? Damn it, you're crying. Like, And I'm like, whatever. Like, like you're not fucking crying. Like, you guys cry all the damn time, too. Like, what do you want me to do? Break a fucking succulent on the ground? Or storm <laughs> out in, the, in a car, like, lightweight, tipsy? Like, these are, you know, <laughs> these are experiences that people might have done. And I'm just like, that... I'm sorry. I think my tears are like the stakes are so low and like the repercussions of that versus like being angry and flipping out because like I chose a different emotion. But we're so afraid of, I mean, fear is one of the emotions on this list too, but we're so afraid of sadness, it seems, and admitting we're sad. We can't talk about it. 
Does yeah, it make people I, uncomfortable? I think sadness, sadness and fear are the biggest suppressed ones or repressed ones. And, and, and anger is the one that you can't. You think you can you think you can hold it in, but you can't. That one that one snap that motherfucker snaps out. Oh yeah. It's like where that's where the phrase seeing red comes in or Yeah, because you have a rage blackout and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> but so uh back to men's line Australia, they say that individuals might try to cope with the negative emotions, the ones that uh, we talked about, fear, sadness, anger. Um with in one of the more follow one or more of the following ways. And those are withdrawing from family and friends, working long hours, spending more time away from home, consuming alcohol, more alcohol, becoming a drunk, uh, <laughs> or behaving <laughs> recklessly and violent and or violently. And think so you think about how many stories we hear about men doing all those things. They, yeah. Like, you know, men abandoning their families, uh, men like say I gotta work long I gotta go stay in the office I gotta work overtime my dad as a child he worked a lot of overtime a lot and he was like and because he's law enforcement he was just home like I feel like he was home for two hours and if he was home for those two hours he's probably asleep Mm. or watching TV or in a bad mood so it was it it, it was intense um spending more time away from home that kind of goes into work and you know Finding some random hobby where now you go golfing or you go, you know, you do something else. You don't even still want to be at home with your family. Mm. Um, consuming alcohol. We hear about so many times about alcoholic fathers, alcoholic men or young men. Or you got fraternity life and fraternity culture that's like centered around partying and drinking. You got It's just crazy. Um, and then behaving recklessly and or violently. That is how many times have we seen, you know, um, cops committing certain crimes or uh, young men shooting up schools and stuff like that and, and shooting up public places and mm-hmm. going crazy. Like you don't, violence not, against other men. In your yeah. We don't hear, there's not, there's not like a long laundry list of women that have like snapped and just went and just shot up a fucking elementary school. It's pretty rare. Fucking real with you. And, and sometimes a lot, I would be a lot more scared in that situation. Cause that's like something is really wrong. But it's, like it doesn't men. happen because yeah. most of the time they, you know, they they have found some kind of outlet to deal with their their emotions. And right, yeah, and so like, um, kind of another another piece that they say is that uh, the reason why it's important to talk about it because the restriction of the this emotional expression in men's lives can lead to these things. Um, so like a greater sense of isolation, mm. less support being available from mm. loved ones, mm-hmm. health issues like due to carrying chronic tension in the body and bad coping strategies, mm-hmm. relationship difficulties due to an inability to resolve emotional conflicts and or perceived lack of ability to be intimate mm. or psychological problems such as depression, insomnia, and anxiety. Yeah. And I mean, I could say there there are some of those in that in that list that like I have dealt with time time and time again, and it's not, it's not all the time. It's not you know twenty four seven. It's not every fucking Tuesday at, at three o'clock. But it's like <laughs> yeah. it's it does it does come and go. And how I interact interact and operate in certain relationships yeah. is because I grew up in a household that was very traditionally black, where be it slavery or or. Uh, oppression that has taught us to be this way, I was taught to not express certain emotions because that makes me look weak 
or that puts me in a bad, a, a worse position with with society. And we know that's the case. Yeah. Like, imagine if I got pulled over. Yeah. Can I be anything but happy? Because you know, I'm there. Shoot my, they shoot my black ass. If yeah. I start crying, which I've I gotten arrested before, and I and during that time I cried because I was I was scared, and then and, and I remember the cop vividly being like, "What the fuck you crying for?" And then like making fun of me, and I'm like. Well, what do you want me to do? You want me to flip out and try to choke you or something? Because I know you're not gonna like that either. You're gonna fear for your fucking life. So like, right. you, so I can't cry. So if I don't talk and I and I repress this and don't show, be sad and just be silent, you're gonna take that as anger and you're gonna take that as aggression. And we all know what happens when when you do that. You put a knee on my neck. Like so, it's it was like it's like damn. What, what? How do I even? I can't even express emotions in society. So how the fuck am I supposed to even know how to do it? with my family and how to do it with other people and friends and, and people I'm dating and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's insane. And I can say like my experience obviously is not that, (laughs) you know, like growing up white, but I, you know, first of all, there's phases of my life where I felt certain, you know, ways on that list. And I, I know that I've been affected by those, some of those, um, topics that you just mentioned, uh, um, you know, like whether it be isolation or, um, a couple of those other ones. Uh, but then growing up, I feel like the, the tricky thing about having all of this stuff internalized and being, you know, maybe a kid who's not like very traditionally masculine like me, um, you know, you, 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 you express it in different ways. Like, I feel like my, one of my versions of that was like, I was really into like action movies and I, I would have fantasies about, like, you know, um, talking back to, like, bullies and stuff like that. I, it was never, like, me, like, beating their ass, but, like, it definitely, like, I love movies where, like, the good guys, like, have the comeback and they, like, beat that, you know, beat so people up. And, you know, like, in movies where, like, you think it's the actual scene that's happening and then all of a sudden the person, like, chops the person's head off and they're like, yeah, and then they yeah. cut and they, like, snap to and then it's, like... Back to reality. Yes. Is that what you have? <laughs> like you like. It, that's the thing. It was never that violent. You, thankfully. Yeah. Not chop their head off. But like yeah. Beat their ass. But yeah, like yeah. It was like that. It was, or like I just there's so many times I'd be in the shower and I'd be like come up with a perfect comeback to like snap at somebody. You know, like that type of thing. Uh, um, but I also really liked like action movies. Like and whenever the 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 good guy comes back with the comeback, like you were saying, and it's like bam, like gets him in the face or something. Um, I was always like, those are my favorite parts, and I'd laugh, kind of in a manic way which i was like ah, that's creepy to me <laughs> like <laughs> but um but as you know like people kids of my background are predominantly more likely to be the ones who shoot up schools and who have those violent tendencies that they you know take out in the most violent most atrocious way possible yeah. you know like it's it's white kids like me who i'm not saying like i am that person or whatever been that person but i can I, I know that for a fact it's something that it's a it's our version of that internalized like you can't talk about your feelings like and you have this like anger and suppressed sadness and fear and rage that you have inside of you that like com- comes out in those ways in crazy ways just cra- yeah yeah just because you didn't oh it's like all it took is for you to have a diary yeah. or for you to be like mommy and daddy that hurt my feelings as a little boy and right. then like those those little moments could like can can shift how you operate and how you who you turn into but instead it's just like don't do any of those things and that's that's a fucking that's heavy to put on a little kid like naturally 
I feel like kids are supposed to be crying and hollering about every damn thing until at least they're like 15. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, you're gonna, and then as yeah. an adult, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I would still cry if there was someone to listen to me. Like I, I would still cry as a, like I did when I was a baby. Cause like I should I get a bill in the mail I want to be like, <laughs> <laughs> like when they take my taxes out of my paycheck I'm like <laughs> but there's no one you know, like my mom like a mom and dad are not gonna come and be like oh hope, hope, baby we'll help you I mean I yeah. try I'll be like try to help mommy daddy help me but yeah. we still as adults want to cry about shit like well I remember the last time I had like a pretty like gnarly outbreak like that and i can't remember if we've talked about this before but it was when i was like 15 16 something like that and i was playing everyone's favorite game that i love to mention <laughs> world of warcraft oh my gosh. back in the og days um and it's it, you know it's one of those things where you're playing with a group of people and you have a timed event and you're trying to get it done by a certain time and yes yes your game's blowing um and my dad asked me to like take out the trash and i was like i can't uh. do it right now but i will do it soon and I didn't, like, think, like, I was going to, like, my focus was not on that. I was not coming back to that anytime soon. So in his defense, like, I, I had no intention of doing it anytime soon. But he came back again, and he's like, you need to take it out. And, like, you need to take I it out right now. So I'm like, okay, fine. I rush into the kitchen. to I pull out. It's one, it's one of those, like, you pull out the, uh, um... Like it's like a on a on a track. So you pull out. I pulled out yeah, the yeah, trash can from the, the track, pulled the bag out of it, and I went to like slam it back shut, and I broke it. Oh. And and he was furious, right? Like yeah, my mom was involved too at some point. They were both angry at me. They're like, and he was like, "You need to come back here and fix this right now." And I was like, "No, I can't. Like I can't. I, I took out the trash. Did what you wanted. I'm back in my game." And and it it did not go over well. I feel like you did that while we lived together. <laughs> to Probably, yeah, you. just like running in and like dropping some. You shit. You definitely like, have broke some shit in a hurry to go play a fucking World of Warcraft raid. <laughs> so this is a this is a repeating pattern. That's cool, but it blew up from there, obviously. And uh, I started screaming, yelling. He was like, you know, you're grounded. All this stuff. Get off the game. Like, go fix it. You know, I was having a full on meltdown. Like, what a what an eight year old kid or like a younger kid would be, just like screaming and crying and just being like out of pocket, right? Went to my room, slammed down on the bed, furious, slammed the door, all that stuff. And I remember after I came down from that, just like furious outrage, just like feeling that I had, I said to myself, I never want to have that happen again. And so like since that time in my life, I feel like, and maybe this is still suppressing it, I don't know, but I have done everything in my power to never get to the point where I'm that out of control the way that I feel. Uh, again, and because it just it just was I feel like that's inappropriate like that's so uncool. Like, that's, that's so a, nuts. It's so interesting because like I I definitely had those moments because people always you know we always have those stereotypes where we're like oh that would never happen in a black household. Uh, yes and no. Like I have I've had those moments where like I go into a fit of rage, but honestly some, I'm like whether I'm just being the fucking stubborn child or not, I feel like when I had my complete un- irrational breakdowns, it wasn't as irrational as I thought it was. Like, I, I truly believe it was because it was repressed sadness for so long, and then I'm flipping out like, you hate me, you guys like don't want to talk to me, or my dad, you don't want to acknowledge me. Like, that was my flipping out. It wasn't like, take out the trash because you got to play World of Warcraft. It's not, take, <laughs> not taken away from that. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, there's. I remember some vivid stories. Like my my brother was like he was for some reason he was the one that would pop off harder than I would. Maybe because he was the first child, so he didn't know better as well. I, I just saw people get their ass beat more, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna shut my ass up. Mm. But I remember my mom. There was one time my mom would told him to clean the bathroom, and her favorite thing to say was, "Don't half-ass clean shit." <laughs> so like, uh, <laughs> and my brother like half-ass cleaned the bathroom because he course. had he had to go back to the video game or something. And I remember I don't know what he said or he might have just like flicked his eye the wrong way or something. And all of a sudden I just hear this don't 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 and my brother's just like in the bathtub. And I don't know if she picked him up. I don't know if she knocked him out. Damn. I don't know whatever she did. But yeah, his, his ass shut it the hell up, and he didn't half-ass clean that bathroom no more. But wow, yeah. So like, it was like we if we if I would have broke that trash can like that, yeah, it wouldn't even be a World of Warcraft for me to go back to. They, my dad, my dad would have went to Blizzard <laughs> and shut the whole thing the down. <laughs> my mom would have been like, "Fuck a World of Warcraft! Ain't nobody playing no damn World of Warcraft." I'm Honestly, whole- would have done the world a bit of a favor. Yeah, but she's so petty. She would have made a she would have made a character, leveled it up, and just came and just killed me every five minutes. And just be a character in game. So I'm half ass clean the bathroom. <laughs> yes, Kathy Thompson did not play. Uh, but that's so interesting. Like, because we we have those moments and and and. And it's just interesting to, to know. I just constantly think about how you might have operated in like your white suburban household and how mm-hmm. I operated in my black suburban household and how there's different methods that have caused us to repress our emotions as men. But at the end of the day, the result ends up being somewhat similar. Yeah. Like the how we how we operate with other people ends up being similar. Well, do you feel like, in a way, like, do you feel like... Sub- like, not that I'm saying suppressing shit is good or anything like that, but do you feel like suppressing it helps you get along with other people, like, without causing a scene? Like, does it keep you from being Yeah, honest? I hate that. Yeah. I hate that I have to live that life, but the one of the biggest things that I was frustrating me about when everybody was suddenly, you know, woken up to racism and they're all protesting, they're like, what, they want outrage? I was like... For me to truly be outraged about this, I would have to be outraged every waking moment of my life. Mm. And at some point in time, I had to train myself to be like, all right, Mike, you can't call out every microaggression. You can't, you can't tell everyone to go to hell. You can't fight everybody. You can't knock out every manager you ever worked for. You can't, you know, I, I can't sit here and write a think piece about every politician that I hate. Because, like, it's, it, there's, it's so much and the quantity is so intense that I'm going to be doing this every single day, every minute of my life, and then I cannot ever embrace black joy or black happiness right. because I'm constantly stuck in black misery and black trauma. Do you think then that it's kind of a privilege of us white people who are getting involved to be outraged by this? Not to call them out, not to say that that's wrong, not to, you know, be... I think it's, I think it's necessary for y'all to go through that, but y'all yeah. need to go through that. Yeah, don't ask, don't ask me to join you. This is this isn't no motherfucking. This isn't like uh, a superhero movie where you're like, come be by my side, token black guy, and feel my pain with me. I'm like, nigga, I've been feeling pain for a hot minute. Let me sit down. I'm gonna watch you go through your pain. I'm gonna eat this popcorn, <laughs> and then when you've processed all of that and you're ready for change, call me, tap me in. Yeah, and then and then we can move. Then we can work on progress. But I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and deal with this. Uh, with this anger and rage, because we've been dealing with that, and then when I deal with it, I get shot. 
So like let so let you do that. Yeah. And then I'm a, I'm gonna join you in a minute. Yeah. That's how that's how <laughs> I feel. But you know everybody can feel any different type of way. That that makes I mean that makes sense to me. It's like I don't know. I bet. At the same time, it's one of those things where I don't think that anything is resolved until it's communicated. Like, there's something that, there was a, you know, Instagram graphic that was going around a couple weeks ago. Oh, um, gosh, not those. <laughs> there's plenty of them. But it just said nothing can, and it's a quote from someone, I, I don't know the quote, but I don't know the source of the quote, but it was, nothing can be, um, nothing can be dealt with until it's faced, I think was the... That's me paraphrasing it. Okay. N- nothing can be resolved until it is at least faced. Yeah. I mean, I've, that sounds like some mumbo jumbo I learned from my landmark days, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is very helpful. Like, whatever, you know, however nagging it might be. Uh, but it's, it, yeah, you can't really solve these problems until you, until you face it, until you call it a problem. You have yeah. to, you have to acknowledge it as a problem before you can even solve it. It's like, there's no way in hell that we're going to get past uh, dismantling certain racist uh, systems or certain misogynistic, sexist systems, homophobic, anything like that, until we'd be like, yes, it is a clear problem. Like, I don't understand why when we have these political platforms and stuff, everyone's like, what is your political platform? The fact that we have to ask that, that's already a problem. Shouldn't it be the same? Hmm. Aren't we? Don't we live in the same country? Shouldn't the, shouldn't the main main issues be the same issues for every politician? It should be they literally should be trying to tackle the same four things. And and you're saying that they should they just like we're going about it a different way. In different ways, like yeah, we have different solutions, but we all have the same problem. They should all have the same problem. Right. But they but it's sometimes I feel like I mean maybe maybe that is what they think they're doing, but I don't feel that way. I think some people think that certain problems are bigger than others, and I'm like that makes no sense. Yeah. Um. So just to just to finish off with. With kind of talking about emotions uh, in relation to men uh, and men identifying people, um, there also there are some strategies for how to get to know your feelings better. And this is kind of the stuff that I said that maybe we should be doing with younger men, like you know, kids or adolescents, teenagers, and stuff like that, and even in our adult life, so that we can know how to process your shit. Like yeah. I, I say this all the time to people when they freak the fuck out, like, you need to find a different way to express that. Write a poem or some shit, because you're trying to come at me, you can get choked out. So like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Try I'm Jesus, like, not me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not telling you to not to express your emotions, you just need to pick a different one, because that one going to get you the wrong one from me. Right. Um, right. But, so here they are. Be aware of the sensations in your body. Emotion always manifests somewhere in the body. Anger might be experienced as a flush of heat in the face, sadness as a tightening of the throat, anxiety as a knot in the stomach. So take a moment to acknowledge those feelings and then take a few deep breaths. Do you, do you know where yours is? What? Like, do you know where you feel like your anger or your frustration? Like, do you know where you feel like your feelings? Um, in my stomach. I think it's always, I always feel knots in my stomach. Because mm. if I'm embarrassed, if I'm angry, or if I'm sad, it's, I feel it in my gut a lot. I feel, I'm trying to think for me, I think it's like my face or my head. Some, like, it's, it's very like top heavy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, there's, there's some for that. There's like, it's, I think sadness I feel in my face and my head. Mm. But like a lot of the fear and all those other things is in my stomach. I'd mm. be having the gut feelings a lot. 
Mm. Maybe because I got a gut. I don't know. So it'd be like, that's like the biggest place. So I'm going to put some shit there. That's my brain, the place in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you only got a big ass stomach. I'm put big ass emotions in your big ass stomach. Uh, <laughs> maybe I feel it in my butt and it just feels like my stomach. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're connected. So yeah, maybe it's, just, it's constantly going cheeks. through the tubes. Oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, if you wherever you may feel those emotions, uh, take a moment to acknowledge the feelings and then take a few deep breaths to identify those sensations and understand what they mean. That's kind of what I was talking about. As as kids, there was a PSA that was like, count to 10 yeah. before you lose your head. Are you feeling crazy, little boy? You need <laughs> to process that shit. Count to 10 and sit your ass down and stop staring at that girl's thong, you nasty ass. That's what the commercial should just say. Yeah. Um, but no, it didn't say that. Uh, so here's a couple more. If you're feeling angry, ask yourself what other emotions you might be feeling. Are you really sad underneath or afraid? Then learn to put words to what you are feeling. Often it helps to write down or brainstorm ideas before a conversation. And then identify and expressing feelings is alert behavior. It's like driving a car, so it takes practice. You ain't going to know how to do this shit in, de- in one day. It's going to yeah. take a process. And it also might change depending on who you're with. Mom, dad, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, coworker. Right. Uh, Take the risk of showing your vulnerability with people who you feel safe with. Give yourself permission to be human, and it can bring you closer to others. It may even bring a sense of relief. Okay, that one. That is what I think our society is struggling with, is allowing us to be human and relate to each other on that level. And, like, a lot of that is repressed shit. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is, like, social media, you know? and how isolated we are, especially right now. And we are lacking the ability to relate to each other in that human connective way. Yeah, and it's, I I just don't get it. Like, why can't humans relate to each other? Why can't we just see, why can't it just be so simple as that? Like, it shouldn't be that simple, but why can't it be so simple as just like, oh, wow, you're a human like me, so like, I just wish you don't get hurt or be in pain like I do because I know that pain doesn't feel good. And then, and just and if it's that's if you just think of it as that simple, then now you'll check yourself when you're about to cuss somebody out or or say something very derogatory to them that's gonna make them cry or hurt hit them or you know like there's all these like, if you just if you see them as you or just put yourself in their shoes, it should be pretty easy. Like I, I mean, I've seen you know like documentaries and stuff will be like. Raise your hand if you would trade places with a black person or whatever. And like all the white people are like, hell no. <laughs> and it's like, well, are you acknowledging then that like it's not easy being a black person? And so like but everybody says, no, it's just it's hard for all of us. But it's like if it's hard for all of us, then why don't you want to, why would you not want to be black? That's some um, selective thinking, isn't it? Right? No white person is rubbing a genie lamp and then the first wish is like, I would like to be a black man. There might be somebody out there that's crazy, yes, that wants to do that, but... <laughs> like, Get Out, I, that's what I think of. Ugh. Oh, yeah. That movie yeah. was silly. But see, they, all, they, they didn't really want to be black. They wanted, like, the things that we... The talents we had. They wanted to be fast, like a runner, and they wanted to be... So, like, like selectively black. Movie. It's just like a spoiler alert. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen it by if now... If you haven't seen it by now, you're racist, and you shouldn't be listening to my podcast in the first damn place. So, whatever. <laughs> You should get out as required reading, uh, required viewing. Um, but anyway, uh, one thing I want to touch on, because we, I kind of want to talk about this and then we can go in uh, back into 
just how men operate and interact with each other. Okay. And we'll finish off with that. But one thing is we were watching recently, um, what's the show? Love at First Sight? Uh, Marriage at First Sight. Marriage at First Sight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's not even Love at First Sight. Marriage at First Sight. Yeah. Quirky concept. (laughs) Yeah. Because we were fucking obsessed with these ads, like reality shows about love and marriage and shit. Yeah. But we're watching this and I come in like episode three or something. So they already getting married by now. Episode two or something getting married already. They're at the weddings. But basically to boil it down, there's there's four couples and there's this one couple, uh, Jamie and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And they're the one, they be they were very sexually active, they're loud, they're arguing all the time and calling each other bad names, whatever. That's that couple. Then there's Greg and Deanna, who were kind of Greg was more they're both kind of reserved people, but Deanna hadn't been in a relationship in ten years, so she wasn't, you know, she wasn't as affectionate or or sexually active and stuff or like open, that. Or open, just in or general. Or open, yeah, yeah. She wasn't open because she had been relationship a long time. And then Greg was kind of, he was very, you know, quiet and kind of, he was in, he thought he was in tune with his feelings, but I, I could tell he was still kind of very just reserved too. Mm. So they were just more reserved people. Yeah. Then you had Keith and Iris. Iris was 27 years old and hadn't had, had sex yet. And Keith, I guess, like that was kind of something that threw him off because she, he kept referring to her sexual intimacy or immature sexual maturity, I think he kept saying. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is that? But uh, so there was that couple, like, you know, at two different stages of their sexual identity and their sexual ex- exploration. Right. And then there was a, the last couple, which was Matt and Amanda, who Matt was like 7'9", or, or something. What was it, 6'9"? He was tall as fuck. 6'9". <laughs> seven, 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 nine. Nine. That's still tall. He was tall, like 6'7", or something. I don't know. He was tall. And yeah. she was like five feet tall. So they were like... It looked, they looked crazy, but she was very emotional and she has, you know, she had issues in the past relationships of like being mistreated. So she was, you know, she was the crier. She was in, she was the one that once touched and feel and, and be together and, and all this stuff. And then he was like, I'm, I'm reserved. My family was, I'm a child of divorce. You know, I, I need to be like, I need my alone time. He wanted to be like chill and never argue and never do anything. Mm-hmm. So watching these four couples, it like all I could all I could help to see the whole time was just the problems that the men were causing in the in the relationships because every single one of them, in some way, kept focusing on what the woman wasn't doing, mm. and that was pissing me off. I was like, "What is what the fuck?" I was like, "Why are we like this? Why are men trash?" Like the just to, just to boil it down, it basically was to me it saw like it was two different characters in that show the whole time. And it was the, my partner is too emotional guy or my partner is not affectionate enough guy. Mm, and I feel yeah. like, I feel like that's how men break, break things down. Like they're basically like, oh, a woman is too emotional. My partner's too emotional. They're like, she's, they're too clingy. They overreact about everything. They like to argue. They like to fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to be quiet and I don't want to fight and argue. My mom and dad used to do that. I don't want to be like them. Mm, and they think that yeah. they're so fucking woke or so in tune with their uh, mature because they like to shut shut off and shut down. Yeah. But then there's the other guy who was like, my partner is not affectionate enough, which is the person who's like, we don't have sex enough or you don't compliment me. You don't take care of me. Uh, you always you act like you don't need me. Like, you know, like a woman might, you know, their partner might work and then they don't work or something. And they're like, I feel like uh, I, you think I have to rely on you. And like it gets all tough and pride and shit. Mm-hmm. And they also think that's some level of maturity. I'm like, no, both of those are immature. Right. If you're constantly focusing on the other person and how they can be better, 
and what they're doing wrong and you need to fix this and you're too emotional and you're doing this. All that sounds like to me is you're talking about how all the times that you suck at compromising and you suck at meeting someone halfway. Yeah, because it's like, what are you doing to improve the situation? What are you doing to better communicate what you need instead of just putting it on the other person? Um, And I guess by communicating what you need, I guess that is still putting it on the other person. But in order to... Like, if you're in touch with your feelings, aren't you someone who who is good at communicating what they need? Because you've, cause you, could, you know what, you can label your feelings and identify them and then ask that from someone else. Yeah. And we, we talked about this last night during the episode. We, like, paused it and everything, so we had to have, like, a, yeah. a oh, sidebar. Yeah. But it was something that I was saying that... I while I think it's very ideal to be in a relationship where you can ask for exactly what you need, unless you're psychic, you're not going to always know what you need or be able to ask it just in a point blank question with a subject, a predicate, and a question mark at the end. True. There's going to be there's going to be moments where people have to learn how to speak your language, and we and everybody's taking those love languages tests and stuff like that, and like those to me are other methods of understanding when a person tells you what they need, because it's not going to always come in a clear question with your partner. It would be nice if everyone was just so perfect at requesting. Oh, that would be be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still stuck on Love Island language. Isn't it? Um, But it would be amazing if someone could be like, hey, partner, um, I would like these, these five things from you. And if you can't give them to me right away, that's okay. We'll work on them. And I love you. That would be like fucking like we're living in a Pleasantville Disney Channel movie. Yeah. But no, it doesn't work out that way. All sometimes you're gonna get is a side eye and a and I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And it's like, the fuck was that? I don't know what the hell that means. But you gotta learn how to you if that depending on who your partner is, you gotta learn how to speak those languages that they that they are speaking with you or that you develop together. So you know what the question means or you know what that nonverbal uh, shoulder shrug means and stuff like that because you're like, oh, that means they don't want to eat at this restaurant. Maybe I should change, the, <laughs> change like the, the plan. So then it doesn't have to turn into a big blow fight. Blow out. Yeah. Or, or, or be like, I'm not getting up from this seat until we talk about what's going on, what's wrong, because I know something's wrong. And if they're like, nothing's wrong with me, be like, okay, nothing's wrong with you, but something's wrong with me. So mm. would you be okay with me explaining to you right now what I, what I feel like is wrong here? And I promise you they're going to be like, oh, well, now that you laid your shit out, let me fire back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but that's a, that's one thing, like, I, I've taken a couple classes where it's like, you know, trying to, you know, because I'm looking to get married and... and yeah. Ooh, uh, married. I know. Exciting stuff. Um, but we take, like, some, like, relationship classes and stuff. And one of the things that they talked about, um, and I even remember this from taking a psychology class back in, in, in college... Um, the, the, the way that you basically communicate in a relationship so that it doesn't become toxic, um, and focusing on, you know, I statements like what I need and, and what I'm looking for and and not attacking the other person because there are some couples on that show, like one couple in particular, where it seemed like it would always become like a very like attacking situation. And when it was, uh, when it was attacking and trying to hurt each other, it, it did not get what they wanted. What they really wanted was... I need something from you, but instead of saying I, uh, being okay with their answer of saying I can't give that to you right now or like compromising in some way, there was a like, well then fuck you kind of like attack that was launched back at them, and that then be- creates this like toxic like dynamic where um, 
you know, like uh, that, that's not, that's not positive. That's not a good way to communicate. Yeah. It shouldn't. It, I don't understand why it's like, it's, it's going back to what we talked about earlier. Be cognizant and be mindful of like how you feel. If you're angry or you're sad or you feel mistreated and stuff like that, you need to be aware of those or find out what those feelings feel like. Know where it is in your head and your stomach or whatever the fuck it may be. Yeah. And then speak to that. Yeah. Like as a, as a man in a relationship with your partner, you should be able to be like, okay, um, I don't like that. That hurt my feelings. And we need to find a different way to talk about this. And I, and I, and it'll probably lead to something else versus being like, Oh, fuck this. And then you storm out of the fucking house and then you leave. And like, no one knew you were sad. All the people saw is you were angry and didn't want to talk about it. Right. And so like you, you did the, I was the wrong emotion. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're so busy trying to hide your emotions. You end up just expressing the wrong ones because an emotion's going to yeah. come out regardless. It lashes out. Yeah. Like it like it eeps out of you in different yeah, ways. Your body and your brain's like, bitch, you could try me all you want. I'm going to give you an emotion. Like it's the little, the little dudes from the Pixar movie inside out. They're like, somebody's pressing these buttons. It might not be who you want, but it's going to be one of us motherfuckers. Cause ain't no, <laughs> it ain't it like we all off. We all, we working overtime. Somebody yeah. gonna pop off. It's gonna be an anger. It's gonna be joy. It's gonna be sadness. So you better pick the one you want to express. Cause that not, is such a good. It's gonna movie. be a random ass one. I remember seeing that movie and being like, I wish we had that when we were kids. Inside Out. Yeah. Because it's talking about labeling like emotions and it's okay to feel different ways. Because I think that's like controlling your emotions makes it seem like it's it's wrong to feel them. Like, don't have emotions. That's what controlling your emotions is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put them away, lock them away, and never let them come out. Yeah, it's like, no, feel how you feel, but just be cognizant of what they are. Try to label them. Try to, you know, get to the root of them so that they don't extend past you and hurt other people. Because that is, like, the biggest issue. I will say, it's interesting about that show, that um, the two that stayed together, you know, no spoilers, I won't say who they are, but were the... People who are were the uh, partners to uh, affectionate people, but they were able to label their feelings. Or, or sorry, partner is not affectionate enough. People, but they were they were able to label and communicate their needs in a way that the person could meet the their partner could meet them there. Yes, and I think one of them went about it in a healthier way, but they both were they both had to like internalize that and realize like the ways that they were you know maybe being too pushy or too. Putting it on the... I don't feel like they ever addressed, like, oh, this is what I can do better. Like, really? Uh, at least not in ways that seemed... Yeah, I always... I felt like the men, even the men who ended up staying with their wives um, and, and at the end of that show, like, even they still were not really addressing what was wrong with them. They kept... Just, it was kind of like... It was so focused on the woman and, like, how the woman can be approved or she needs to step out and she needs to change. And I'm like, I'm, I hate to break it to you, dude, but you guys kind of suck. Like, you're not great. So, like, yeah. you need to focus on yourself, how you need to fix yourself. Yeah. Like, isn't, like, it's the, when you're, I, I would assume that getting married is, like, uh, beginning a new union with each other. And the only, the only time you should be discussing uh, what, your, what your wife can do better at is when it's something that physically, like, physically or emotionally pertains to you and, like, in the, in the union. But like something that just pertains to her herself, that is her job to fix that. That's their job. If you're partnered for to fix it, unless like, it then comes back and affects you. That's, but that's what I just said. I'm saying yeah. if it, it directly affects you, if it's like how you treat how you treat a household or or how you communicate with me and stuff like that. Yes, those are things that you need to tr- talk about. But if it's something like, 
I don't like the way you cry or something. I don't like the way you like do like, you know, if it's some, it's something that's personal. It's like her, like that's something that they need to work on. And yeah. Cause think about men, like the, like if we don't work on our, our issues that we have, it then lashes out and it affects the, like the, the partners that we're with. Yeah. Right. Like, like, and so that, that shit that we don't deal with that then goes out and affects other people. So, and likewise, you know, Unless it's if, if it's the other person and they're affecting you, you know, obviously that's something that needs to be addressed. But otherwise, work on yourself. And that makes me think that, like, it's very important, not just how you interact with your partners, but kind of how men interact with each other. Yes. Is a big one. Yes. That reminds me. Um, so our friend Sam Roots, he once sent me an article on the movie Akira. Do you remember the movie Akira? Yes. Akira. Akira. Great. <laughs> but movie. yes, it's a it's a fucking bomb ass movie. It's, it's Japanese anime and it's uh it's like a nineteen eighty eight uh, animated film. It's like post apocalyptic cyberpunk world. Think of like Blade Runner type stuff. Totally um, like Blade And it's by a director named Katsuhiro Otomo and it's like about this these kids, these guys who are like in a biker gang, but they, you know, they're like anarchists pretty much because the society's all fucked up. And then there's this element of like psychic and supernatural because the government has been doing experiments and stuff on little kids who have supernatural psychic abilities and telekinetic abilities. Basically, the two best friends, uh, one kid um, who Tatsu, is it Tetsuo, who is like, he ends up being one of the kids. Uh, kids who has psychic powers and stuff like that so he eventually gets manipulated and gets used by the government yeah but he also is kind of the one that got bullied and is kind of the runt of of the gang then you have Kaneda who is like he's the cool guy if you ever saw the images of, of Akira on, he's like, the anywhere, dude on the red motorcycle he's the dude on the red motorcycle with the red jacket and the red pants like he looks cool as fuck he's the cool kid yeah so imagine you know there's the cool kid Kaneda and there's the the bullied kid who just wants to be accepted by everybody and do the best and follow after his friends, Tetsuo. And then imagine that little bullied, mistreated kid who never got to fully express his emotions, i.e. his supernatural telekinetic abilities. Right. Imagine someone tries to exploit those and now he doesn't know how to control them because he's never dealt with them his whole life. Yep. And he fucking goes ape shit and destroys the whole fucking city. He and turns that, into like a raging like like a flesh gel- gelatinous evil blob and just it shit gets fucking gnarly in this movie. It's real. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. You should yeah. watch it. It's on like Hulu or some one of them channels. You know, Amazon one yeah. of them things. But this article, right? It's yeah, by me, what's the article say? So it's about uh, author and film critic, or sorry, written by author and film critic Gretchen Felker Martin. And it's about masculine pain and isolation and how Akira is like, as you pointed out, it's a metaphor for that. And I yeah. just want to read this, this quote from it because it's more just about our society, but it's a good way of like, it's woven into like the, the plot of the movie. So without giving anything away, this quote is just like about our society, which I think is good. So consider our own culture's views on the transition from boyhood to adolescence. In the space of a few months, it becomes a sign of sissy-ish weakness to rely on one's mother, an unforgivable sin to hold another boy's hand, a grave transgression to cry. At the same time, boys' bodies become stronger, larger, unwieldy vessels for confusing new emotions. At a time in life when boys need tenderness most, not just from their caretakers but from each other, societal norms snatch it away and makes its pursuit into a mark of failure. The result is young men aching to be loved, filled with overwhelming emotion, and incapable of expressing their needs to such an extent that when those needs inevitably grow unbearable, they seek relief through violence. And so in the movie, 
he becomes this, you know, creature, which we're not going to yeah. spoil it, but it just at, it unleashes itself in unforgiving ways. Yeah. I mean, that more or less is kind of like a spoiler, but like, just, just know that at some point shit gets out of hand. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't know how to express himself. And it sucks because when you watch this, it's like, is he wrong for being sad or, or being vengeful or being like, or being upset? And it's like, no, he's not wrong for having his emotions, but he's wrong for how he is expressing them currently because it was so repressed. Now it's, now it's a complete danger to himself and everyone around him. Yeah. So it's like, it's the things like being angry, being sad, being afraid is not wrong. All those emotions are natural and okay, but suppressing them so much that like now only one of them, one or two of them comes out at a hundred percent is not good. Or like a thousand percent. Or a thousand percent. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need, we don't need someone just completely acting out of just fear. Cause guess what happens when you're, when you're completely acting out of just fear, uh, then you wind up shooting unarmed people in their fucking bedrooms. Um, and then, um, so there, there's that. If you completely are acting out of just anger, and that's at your thousand percent now, now you are abusing your spouses. Now you are abusing your children. You are uh, mistreating your employees and, and or sexually harassing them and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And you know weird power dynamics because you because you are you suppress all your other fucking emotions, and now you're acting out on one. Uh, if you're acting out of just um, just sadness. And that's it. That's I mean, we all know what that is. That's depression. Yeah. And that's and and, and that's an anxiety and things like that, which is not not all those things are natural, but we we teach you they're unnatural. So then we try to suppress them so much that then now all of a sudden they come back and now they turn us into this gelatinous blob of one one over over stimulated emotion, and you and you run into problems. Yeah. And do you think that like, do you think they were taught that these things are bad, or do you think they were taught that they're that just not to address them? I think both. I think I think we're taught. I, I think everyone is taught that they're bad. I think everyone is taught that like being sad, angry, uh, and uh, and afraid is not not ideal. Yeah. Being happy is cool though. You can be happy, but and then uh, so because we think they're bad, then we really, then we try to suppress them. We try to repress them, and then, and, they, and we don't ever let them let them come out because we're so busy trying to make sure we do the right thing. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you right now, if you are just only happy and you're happy at a thousand percent too, I cannot fuck with you. Like <laughs> it's, it's any emotion. If there's any emotion that you have out of these four that we're just or four or the four or five that we're talking about, if you only have if you only express one of those like ninety percent of the time and that's who you are, you're like, I'm always a happy person. I'm always positive. I'm like, fuck, I don't fuck with you. Well, because don't you think that that in of itself is a is a mask that hides from these other emotions? Yes. Those, because that the minute I see someone who is only happy all the time, 100%, I'm like, you're going to turn into a gelatinous blob one day and consume my ass and eat yeah. me. So I'm not, I'm not trying to mess with you because you're going you're gonna to turn into, <laughs> like, you're going to turn into a monster. You're going to, you're going to fuck someone up. If I saw someone who has a balance, like you have, you know, a best friend or someone out there, and you're like, oh, sometimes movies make him really sad, or he's sometimes he's having the greatest day ever, and nothing can stop him. And another day, I, uh, he seemed like he was really worried about the fate of the world. And then another day, you're like, oh, see, they're ex- they're going through different, their their emotions are changing, interchanging, they're expressing different ones. You're like, oh, okay, that seems normal to me. Yeah. But you don't, if someone is only expressing one, or none. We got an issue here. Talk to them. Yeah. Check in with them. 
figure out what's going on. You know, you gotta don't you gotta not don't leave that shit. Don't let don't let don't leave that shit unsaid, unspoken, because it's going to lead to you being Kaneda and Tetsuo, and now it's too late. Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about, you know, from the men's line um, article that was about um, the way that we cope with things. And, and like one of them, I think that we're all doing right now is withdrawing. And oh, yeah. And we're finding our different ways to escape with the world, like from the world that we're in right now. And, you know, some people are doing that through like, you know, playing video games. Some people are doing that through like just like doom scrolling through social media. Some people are doing that through like, I'm going to just like turn off and like, you know, just like read or, or not even go online or anything like that. And yes. then we're not, we're not talking to each other. At least some people are, but you get burnt out doing zooms all the time. So it's like, I don't know. I just feel like that, that is something to be aware of because we're then, we're then taking all of this like emotion that we have right now that is just so repressed and not dealt with because it's like we're all in our fucking houses and can't do anything. And we're taking that to the streets or we're taking that to, which like, that's a good version of that. Or we're taking that and attacking each other online. Yeah. Too. You know, or, or like, or, and like we hurt each other and especially as men, we hurt each other because we can't, she points out, I mean, you know, we, we can't hold hands. We can't like cry together. Like yeah, as it's, men, it's like, it doesn't happen. to be so weird. You can't do anything. Like yeah. think of uh, little, repressed. Yeah. little boys as like in, in school, like you never saw like a group of little boys that are just all bawling their eyes out together. Like, Oh my God. Like this season, the Pokemon is over guys. And we're all so sad. You never see that because like they were taught not to do that. So all the boys are doing is just being roughhousing and, and being rambunctious and like, uh, playing like football or like you know aggressive sports and stuff like that i'm like and that's why they grow up and be crazy because they (laughs) you you need to you need to tell your boys and and your little men that it's okay to express these certain emotions it's not it does not make you any less than and on the same token for women it's that you need to tell your like you need to the society needs to let uh, young women know that it's okay to be angry and it's okay to be uh like frustrated yeah or sad, like it doesn't it doesn't make you weak either, and it doesn't make you a bitch, or it doesn't make you, um, uh, whatever aggressive, or whatever yeah. the derogatory terms that people want to have towards it. Like, no, it's a normal freaking emotion. Stop it. Like, we need we need to not be so afraid of people expressing their emotions. Yeah, <laughs> which is silly because that, that it's it, in one itself. Yeah, yeah. Because if we if we take that up the chain of of command, right, like. The, the people who want to control us, right? The people who are actively manipulating everyone else with power and money and all that stuff. Yeah. They're going off of fear. Fear is what they use. They're manipulating our emotions. So it's like... On fear the same, and happiness. Fear and happiness. See, like, you're, you're good. You're you don't afraid need to of... worry about the problems in the world. Like, yeah. just listen to me. I'll solve it. I'll fix it. This will make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you smoke this, drink this, do these pills, whatever. You know, like, yes. they, like, we find all these ways to, like, you know fulfill these things that are not always the healthiest way to do go about it. Um, and they, and they manipulate our emotions. They know that there's repressed shit that we like freaking out about. And so it's like, if we can control our, we, if we are, can identify and label and, and, and express our emotions, like we, hopefully we won't, we will be able to get around people being able to just like poke us and, and, you know, pop whatever we got going on and just take us out of things. Like, it's so interesting that there's so many drugs out there to make you happy. I'm like, where's the drug at that just, like, 
are you having a hard time being afraid of anything? Pop this drug in and it'll give you some fear. I guess if you smoke enough weed, you'd be paranoid as fuck. <laughs> but uh, like, there's there should also be what methods or like some kind of drug out there that helps certain people deal with emotions they don't they don't they can't they don't know how to express. Yeah. But to I just just to to finish this off is yeah. that even here in our stories between me and you, it's like there's clearly going to be so many differences and nuances because you're a white guy, grew up in a certain different area. I'm a black guy, grew up in another area. And how my family operates and deals with emotions and stuff is going to affect how I operate as an adult. And But at the end of the day, I'm, I have, I'm teaching myself to be aware of that and aware of my upbringing, aware of who I was raised to be so that I can fix and challenge or break down certain systems that didn't work or that are problematic and replace them with with new methods and teaching myself how to deal with my emotions and who I am. Like, I mean, I'm a writer. So like I spent like journaling and stuff like that. Isn't something that's weird to me. Like, fuck, I got a fucking podcast and a blog. Like <laughs> you ain't got to worry about me journaling shit. I'm going to yeah. tell you, I'm going to tell you if you don't want to hear it anyway, I'm going to fucking write it down and probably share it with the world. But there's a lot of people out there that don't have those outlets or don't know how to express themselves through something, whether it be music or love or, or art, painting, faith. dance, faith, exercise. You know, there's so many, there's a whole, there's a, there's a plethora and a whole world full of ways to be, help you deal with these emotions and express yourself. So actually, I take it back when I said that I wish there was a drug out there that could help you deal with these other emotions besides happiness. There is. Meditation and all that can help you deal with grief and sadness and, and all that stuff and pain. Um, yeah, you got to so, have an outlet. Have an outlet. Just it's it just and be okay to to deal with the dirty work. It's not we're not gonna get instant gratification. It's not gonna fix itself in one day. Men aren't gonna suddenly just be perfect, but there is a way to get better. Yeah, and I think like for me as a white guy and just me being who I am, like part of it is it's it's learning that there's a lot of shit that you've you've been asleep to, you've benefited from, and and you know paying attention to that and being being a part of the change you want to see thank you for listening to black man in the right world if you like what you heard please like subscribe or follow our podcast now for more check out blackmanrightworld.com and leave us a comment but if you're more secretive about your shade then email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com thanks everybody bye oh why you say it like that i wanted to say something else well, i don't know say, say it then